Thanks for downloading show 57 of the C-Suite podcast being produced in partnership with Lotus and supported by our technology partners, Tint. Uh, we're here at Excel in London for the opening of the world travel market and I've lined up a series of interviews with a number of the exhibitors here to get some insight on the state of the travel industry for 2018. My name is Russell Goldsmith and coming up on the show I'll be speaking with Pilar Carbonell, uh, General Director of Tourism for the Balearic Islands Government, Colin Stewart, the new Chairman of the Latin American Travel Association, uh, David Cochran, uh, General Manager of Philippine Airlines and Wendy uh, Pedder, visit Guernsey's marketing manager. But to kick things off, I've come to the stand of Heathrow Express, where I'm delighted to welcome to the show their sales and distribution manager, Richard Young. Welcome, Richard. Hi. Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome. Now, Richard, uh, the, the world travel market is all about how and where we're going to be travelling in 2018. Uh, what about Heathrow Express? Can you tell us who's going to be using your services and why? Yeah, well, we've uh, we've had a great 2017, uh, really fantastic year, where we've seen. Uh, the National Rail Passenger Survey give us some fantastic uh, responses where we hit 97%, which is the highest responses in the country. Uh, we've seen our growth uh, rate uh, of 9%, so we've seen um, our passenger numbers increase by 9%, which leads on to an increase of something like 400,000 passengers throughout the year for us in 2017. So this has been driven by various different strategies that we have uh, with our fares. So, for example, uh, we've launched new £15 weekend fares, uh, which have really helped to drive some different kind of demand for us as well. So we're seeing now uh, a lot more leisure passengers coming through onto the Heathrow Express as well. This in conjunction with some of our advanced purchase fares that you can uh, get our fares as low as £5.50. And we've also got our children Kids Go Free as well, which we've had a long-standing success with that as well. Excellent. So we really are starting to see some great numbers uh, you know, coming through for 2017. How we're then looking to, uh, to grow that in 2018 is, is really following on and building you know, from the success that we've seen throughout 2017. Great. Um, now... One of the things that, that comes out of this event um, is the latest travel trends. And I know Heathrow Express uh, recently carried out some research of, of your own to sort of better understand those travel trends of business travellers in, in particular. Um, which, now that was published in your Business Travel Insights report. Um, there, were, there were a couple of highlights that I wanted to ask you about. So firstly, um, you've broken down some of the responses by highlighting the millennial age group and their relationship with business travel. Yeah. Um, can you share some of those findings with our, with our listeners? So, uh, yeah, with the millennials... Um, you know, an interesting age group or, or a banding where, where we're seeing that they're also called Generation Rent. What, what we're seeing with, with this uh, grouping is that they're really looking to try and combine as much of their spend as they possibly can with, with business trips and also with leisure. So they don't have as much disposable income um, as possibly, you know, previous generations have. So they're really looking to, to try and build any leisure time that they have and make sure that they can then build that into their business trips. Now, Interestingly, they're the ones who are mostly enjoying um, their business trips right. as well. So, so they're seeing that they're, they're, they're combining the business with the leisure and really trying to maximise and get the most out of, of that business time that they're spending away with that. And the great thing for us is that they're then obviously using uh, you know, the Heathrow Express connection that we have from the airport up to central London 
uh, in the most quickest and efficient and convenient way possible. Sure. Um, the other stat uh, from the report that I wanted to ask you about was that only 19% of business travellers um, use ex express rail services. Um, so I, I was just wondering, is that a level that you're happy with? I mean, is that what your expectation is or were you, you, know, were you looking to push that further? Yeah, fr from, from the report, that, that one came out for, for all airports. Um, so it, it's not specific or, or peculiar to Heathrow. Right. So we okay. actually see far stronger numbers than that um, at Heathrow. Uh, and interestingly, uh, the, the airport traveller numbers are increasing by somewhere between 3 and 4% at the moment but but we at Heathrow Express we're, we're growing by 9% as we were chatting about earlier yeah. so we're actually increasing our mode share of business people actually or, or of travellers using the Heathrow Express right okay um, now 2018 um, a landmark year for you guys because um, I understand you'll be celebrating your 20th year uh, so congratulations on that I know you like to be viewed as an innovative company. I've seen that in sort of like some of the communications that you put out. What, what has the organisation been doing to justify that positioning and what new things can we expect to see from you over the coming 12 months? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a stat that we're really proud of, actually. You know, uh, one, having, you know, being able to celebrate our 20th anniversary, but also pushing the boundaries on lots of different technological and innovative ways that, that we are trying to get our product to market. Uh, some of the things that we've got coming up, uh, I look at Virgin Airlines where we're going to be selling on board with their onboard Wi-Fi. So again, we'll, we'll be the first, uh, you know, certainly the first uh, express service who will be selling their product on board through Wi-Fi with Virgin. We, we've also got our, our baggage hall screens, uh, which are multilingual. So we have lots of different information that enables passengers to make a really good and informed decision uh, when they're in the baggage hall before they then make the trip up to central London. And I said that's multilingual um, and giving all the information that they need. And also we've got other things like 4G, Wi-Fi enabled on board as well. So some really great things there. So that's quite interesting. Just on the screens, how many, how many languages do you actually offer those in? Yeah, we, we, we offer that in, in seven languages, um, yeah, which is great. So they all then tie in with the particular flights that are landing at, at the particular time of day. And, and they then flip over. Uh, to that particular language. We're also then picking up information from TomTom, Tom, so it's giving you uh, journey times as well in and out of central London. And any plans to increase those languages as well? Uh, it's something that we're, we're, we're always looking at and we're building out and it really will depend on the demand, uh, you know, if we see that from our passengers. Excellent. Okay, so your communications are, are pretty clear about the benefits of using uh, Heathrow Express versus cabs or other ways to, to get into central London. Um, what I was really interested in was asking you about uh, 2018 because next year, obviously, we see the launch of the Elizabeth Line, which is the, uh, the, the section of Crossrail from Paddington to Heathrow. So that's, that's bound to have an impact for you, surely. Uh, it, it's something that we can't speculate on at the moment. Um, what, what we do know is that, that we've had a great year. Um, you know, we've, we've seen our, our numbers increase by 9% uh, and it's something that we will be building on into 2018. Heathrow Express uh, does form uh, a key part as well of the uh, of the overall airport strategy, whereby by 2030 we're looking to get as uh, many as well. It's, we're looking to get 50% of people travelling to and from the airport on on public transport. So it, it's something that that is there. Likewise, as well with with ourselves, you know, we, we do see that uh, you know we are the, the fast, convenient, non-stop uh, service between the airport and central London. So, you know, we do have lots of uh, great benefits and features for our passengers uh, to be using. Um, and, and uh, yeah, obviously a, a great way to move quickly 
from uh, from the airport into central London, 2018. Okay, so uh, final question to you. Um, where can our listeners go for any more information about the business travel report that we were just talking about and, of course, any information about Heathrow Express? Yeah, they can find all the information on our website, so that's heathrowexpress.com. Brilliant. Uh, Richard Young, thanks for helping to kick off this podcast. No, it's been a pleasure. Great to catch up. So we've uh, moved to the Balearic Islands booth here at the World Travel Market to speak to Pilar Carbonell, uh, who is General Director of Tourism for the Balearic Islands Government. Um, welcome to the show, Pilar. How's World Travel Market uh, going for you so far? So far, so good, as you say. Oh, great here, great to be back in London and, um, well, hoping to convince all the British uh, to come to the islands in the winter. Excellent. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get on to that. But... Um, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously, tourism is, is of course, hugely important to the economy of the Balearic Islands. Um, and I think I've got these, these numbers right, because I read that the number of visiting tourists to the Balearic Islands exceeds 12 million a year. And in fact, between January and July this year, so 2017, the numbers were up 7.5% on the same period uh, in 2016. So this includes, uh, so you've got sort of 500 cruise ships docking in Palma, Mallorca each year with around 22,000 passengers disembarking each day. Um, but obviously this brings with it you know, quite a few difficult challenges and the, and the recent anti-tourism protest in, in Palma was quite well documented in, in the UK press here. So what I just wanted to ask you was w- what were the main reasons behind that protest and, and what's been the Balearic Islands government's response to it? Um, the, main, the main reasons uh, behind this protest were um, not the tourists itself. People are not against the tourists. We know that in the Balearics we live on tourism as our main economy. It was really against um, the po- the policies applied by the government. That's why the government came out the first minute said, um, "If you have something to say, please come and come and do it here with us in the government. Argue with us, whatever you don't like, but leave the tourists um, because it's visitors that have." Uh, chosen uh, the Balearics for their holiday and we should be really grateful. So, so w- what has, has caused it, you know, in terms of that, that uh, increase, let, let's say, in, t- in, in visitor numbers? Yes, um, the process come in the increase. Um, the 12 million is said. Um, we exceeded the 15 million last year and we will be around 15 million this year again. So right. it is a big increase in the last 10 years and that... Um, especially comes in the summer in the seven summer months uh, which we call our you know our summer season and that is why sometimes but it's only a very small group of people which have come over from the Catalonia it's, um, it's a protest that it's really extended from what happened in Barcelona and, and so what what are the the responses that you're putting in place to, to it yes well last year we started with our um, tourism tax It's our environmental tax and uh, um, as a difference to all the other taxes that they have around the world, um, even in Catalonia and the new one coming up in Greece as from the 1st of January 18, um, us is an environmental tax that goes to uh, cultural heritage to preserve our islands. What we want is um, to actually, uh, that people that come now and come in the in the future find the same destination that they've seen for years. So can you tell us how, how the actual different rates work then, what, what the different levels are? Yes, we introduced this tax, um, it was 1st of July 2016 
and uh, we started with a one and two euro tax, um, two euros uh, per day per person up to the eighth of the day. Um, but really comparing our tax uh, to all the others like um, Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam, which were, are in the six, seven, nine euros. Um, they were the same rates that were introduced in the Balearics 12 years ago. That's why they have been changed. And um, also because we have an offer at the moment, or we had, that's why we have a new legislation on the um, Airbnb and vacational rents. We need everyone that comes to the Balearics to contribute. Um, that is all that we're going to reinvest back into the destination. Um, this new legislation, what it has done, um, it will um, divide the different islands into zones where it will be able to have your this summer vacation rentals. And up from then, um, there'll be we will be able to have a legal offer on Airbnb and the rest of the platforms. But they will pay as well. They will contribute, and it will be a way in um, really mm, not having so much illegal um, offer. Um, because what we need in the islands is on the one side quality, but on the other side we are islands. Um, we have a limited space and we also have to be limited in numbers. Yeah, so, so that picking up on that point with, with um, sort of brands like Airbnb, is, is, I, th I think it's quite an interesting one. Do you think this will become a, a trend in other destinations too then, that other, other places will, will have this issue where it's sort of like managing the numbers because of private rentals and through brands like that? Well, well, the issue on vacation rentals and illegal renting, it's all over the world at the moment. It's uh, from San Francisco to Paris to Rome to Barcelona and obviously the Balearics. And um, it is very important to know two issues. One, it's quality and the other one is safety. We need to know who's staying, how many is staying, who's coming, and that the that there is a guarantee that what you're renting has uh, an insurance and has the right quality. So I'm sure uh, many of the other regions in Spain will also uh, copy the Balearics on the new legislation and um, probably many other mm, big cities in the world as well. Right. Okay. Um, and you mentioned, um, you know, just briefly, you know, where some of that, that money that's being raised is, is going to um, help uh, the local communities. Can you go into a bit more detail in, in terms of, of sort of like the kind of things that you're going to be doing? Yes, um, we have a website which is sustainableislands.travel in the different languages where people can actually look. We want to be totally transparent on this, where the money is going to, where the contribution from all the visitors um, is going. And um, obviously most of the projects, all of the projects, the money being invested is... Um, returning into the local communities as well. One of the big projects is uh, water. It's water, it's sewage, and um, that helps um, us to have the right amount of water for all our tourists coming, and also for the local community. And like that, well, many of the others like um, the preservation of the Tramontana, Sierra de Tramontana, which as you know, is cult uh, mm, cultural heritage mm. you know, from uh, UNESCO and uh, the Posedonia project in uh, Formentera. 
that is the seaweed in the beaches in Formentera is being preserved because that is what gives the wa uh, white sand and they have a big project there um, alerting all the big yachts that they should not put their anchors on that um, because that is what helps preserve the beach and uh, the clean waters because those seeds clean the water and uh, again uh, maintaining the beach will maintain the tourism industry which maintains the local community and uh, it will maintain the beaches for the visitors in the future Fantastic. as well. So some great projects there. Okay um, and so of course uh, here talking about sort of like plans for 2018 what, tell us what you're launching or, or, or talking about here at, at World Travel Market this week. We would love people to come and visit us during the winter. Um, I know it's a beautiful day here in London today. Um, I don't know whether it's a very good day to come and promote, but um, Balearics, I left Mallorca with uh, 23 degrees yesterday, so it's a beautiful place to come and do all this hiking, cycling, um, having those nice, uh, you know, plates, dishes, Spanish, which you know. And um, it's only two hours away, so we come in to promote this, the other side of our islands, the winter. It's not only lying on the beach, there's many other things to do, and we would love to show all the Brits uh, what there is. Brilliant. Okay, well, best of luck with all that, Pilar, and uh, thanks again for joining the show. Thank you very much. You're listening to the C Suite Podcast. To listen to all previous shows in the series, you can either visit csweetpodcast.com, follow us on SoundCloud, or subscribe to the show in iTunes by searching for the C-Suite podcast in the iTunes store. Please do give us a positive rating and review when you do. Welcome back to the C-Suite podcast with me, Russell Goldsmith, here at the World Travel Market. And joining me now is David Cochran, uh, country manager for UK and Ireland of Philippine Airlines. Welcome, David. Good morning. Uh, now, let's start with the numbers. Um, you grew your passenger numbers in 2016 by over 12% to 13.4 million, as I understand. Uh, how has 2017 compared? Um, pretty good. Um, so we've changed our aircraft, so we've increased the capacity by 36% from changing from an Airbus A340 to a Boeing 777. And how is uh, business in the, in the UK in general? Um, things are good. Um, we're seeing a big increase in not only um, Filipino nationals who are living in the UK, but in British travellers as well. Um, Philippines as a destination is on people's radar, so we're seeing a lot of um, backpackers, family, family people going on family holidays, going to explore the Philippines. And uh, and the aims for for 2018 is to maintain that level. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's your opportunity. Uh, tell us why British travellers uh, should be uh, going to the Philippines. Um, well, I, I honestly think the Philippines is a little bit of a hidden gem within Asia. Um, there is um, more people in the Philippines who speak English than there is in the UK. Um, it is an English-speaking really? country. Yeah, okay. there's a population of 100 million. They all speak English, which is really an unknown. Um, in the UK but not only that it is 7,000 islands um, so you have literally beaches everywhere there are also amazing white sand beaches diving is a huge um, attraction for the Philippines as well but we're also seeing a trend of more families going on holidays to the Philippines and I know it seems like a long way for a family holiday but in terms of value for money it's, it's relatively cheap because of the exchange rate. Um, now, of course, British travellers don't uh, just use Philippine Airlines to, to travel to the Philippines, of course. Can you tell us you know, just a little bit about where else they're travelling to? Um, well, actually, in, in terms of figures, 52% uh, of our uh, travellers originating in the UK actually go to onwards destinations. Okay. So Australia, New Zealand, um, PNG. 
So in Australia, we have Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Darwin. Um, and then, of course, we are launching a direct service between Manila and Auckland on the 2nd of December this year. And, and obviously, a lot of talk here is about travel trends. Yeah. Can you share any of, of sort of like the trends that you're expecting for 2018? Um, we, we hope to see that we'll still see the increase that we're seeing. Um, part of the reason for changing the aircraft was due to the demand. So hopefully we'll be able to maintain that demand. Okay, and uh, you, you talked about the, the upgrades to, to your aircraft there, and, and obviously you've got your, your sort of reintroduced this, this daily flight from London to Manila um, at the end of the, this year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what can passengers now expect from the new aircraft? Um, so we've um, upgraded our entertainment system. Um, in general, um, as an airline, we are uh, working towards an internal goal of becoming a five-star airline in five years. So we're two years into that campaign now. Um, we were ranked sixth most improved airline by Skytrax this year. So things are going in the right direction. We've done things like we've upgraded the catering on board, the drinks menu. Um, but it's not only that, it's our crew. Our crew are really, really amazing and they're very warm so when you step on board you really feel the warmth of the Filipinos brilliant okay um, now one of the things I wanted to ask you about you've got this uh, new campaign that you've launched with a yep. supporting video so I've had a look at that if, if listeners haven't seen it and they want to find it um, I know you've got your own YouTube channel which you can uh, find by searching for uh, fly uh, PAL TV yep. um, talk us through the campaign and, and what the aims are um, it's really a campaign of trying to educate non-Filipinos about the Philippines. Um, we work very, very closely with the Department of Tourism. Um, we have a lot of campaigns with them. We currently have a campaign which is live in Westfield right now. And we have a campaign which is on Facebook, which is the one that you're referring to, which is also on Instagram. And we have another campaign coming up with the Department of Tourism in January this year. And so what's been the uh, response to the campaign so far? So far it's been really positive. Um, we're really seeing bookings coming in. Um, um, I think consumers are quite surprised by our uh, pricing and um, we offer very competitive pricing to um, Philippines of course but not only to Philippines Australia New Zealand PNG and also across the rest of Asia brilliant okay and uh, how's conversations been going today on press day here um, good we're seeing a really um, a lot of interest in the Philippines as a destination we've um, had a lot of conversations with journalists who are very keen to get out there explore the Philippines and write about it um, which for us as an airline is amazing because we are trying to raise the profile of the Philippines. Excellent. Well, best of luck with that and the, uh, the rest of the uh, the show. But for now, David Cochran, General Manager of Philippine Airlines, thanks for joining us. Great. Thank you. I'm now with uh, Colin Stewart, Director for UK and Ireland at Air Europa. Uh, but the reason we're actually chatting to him today is because he was recently elected as the new chairman of the Latin American Travel Association. So firstly, congratulations on the new role, Colin. Um, I guess you must be pretty excited about that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely an exciting opportunity for me and uh, uh, my uh, my heart's very close to all things Latin, so uh, it was a kind of natural uh, fit for me to accept the opportunity to, to, to step up as, as chairman. So looking forward to it. You don't sound like you come from the area. <laughs> what, what, my accent? Come on. <laughs> um, I come from that well-known Latin American destination, Glasgow, um, in Scotland. But uh, yeah, no, I, they, they saw through that and still uh, felt that I was uh, able to do something for them. So And, t and tell us a little bit about um, you know, LATA. What, what is sure. It? So, so LATA is the uh, Latin American Travel Association, as you mentioned. Um, it's a membership organization. Um, we have uh, over 300 members um, and uh, we've been established for, for, for many years. Um, our real purpose is to drive um, awareness uh, and demand uh, and growth from Latin America, uh, from UK to Latin America. 
uh, and that's what we're here to do, to help our members, promote them, establish them, um, as well as help create excellence in terms of standards of health and safety um, uh, between the between uh, the two de- the two countries. Can, can you give a breakdown of who those members are, how it's all made up? Um, in terms of the details, uh, all I can say is we, we, we have a mix of um, tour operators, sure. um, uh, we have a number of airlines who are also members, uh, we have hotels, uh, we have destination management companies, uh, and obviously uh, we have the tourism boards themselves as well. So. Um, we are quite all-inclusive, um, and it's really those those companies that have a, a need to promote themselves, raise awareness of what they do and who they are, um, because we feel that we can kind of add that value to, to their business. And your new role then, what's that going to involve? I'm still, still understanding that myself, um, but uh, as chairman, I guess the way I see it, is, again, it sounds a bit kind of cliche, but it's the, it's the captain of the ship, really. It's, it's trying to make sure that uh, I'm keeping it in the right direction as an association that we are continuing to not well continue to innovate continue to uh, move the association forward uh, be relevant to our members because ultimately it's, it's the members that we that i report to um, i think one of the biggest challenges any association f- could come across is is complacency is just accepting that well this is what we do and, and and this is this is who we are but with lata it's such a, a vibrant dynamic um region of the world that actually that in itself keeps me keeps me motivated and going so it's um it's trying to just add value and, and make sure we continue to add value to our members and can you tell us how latin america is doing as, as a travel destination yeah i mean interesting enough latin america it has it's had its challenge in the past with but, but we're seeing a lot of growth um uh, in fact a lot of our, our members have reported um significant growth over the, the the last year so from 2017 versus 2016 uh, we've seen their business uh, inquiries and, and bookings increase um, as much as some in some cases as much as 60%. So there is definitely an interest. There's definitely a, a desire for people to experience Latin America, uh, and that that can be done in a number of ways. Whether it's through your traditional, you know, all-inclusive um, um, tour operator experience, or whether it's your uh, bespoke tour. Um, uh, with Latin America, because of the location. Um, a lot of people see it as a, an opportunity to do a multi-stop, so you'll you know you won't just go to Buenos Aires or you won't just go to Colombia, but you'll combine a number of uh, of destinations because you have that connectivity within Latin America, and also it's a, a once and sometimes a once in a lifetime experience. Are there any um, plans that you're announcing here for 2018 that you can share with us? Um, yeah, I mean we're really excited about um, Experience Latin America. This is like a kind of flagship event that we hold every year, um, and uh, it will be held in uh, in June next year. Um, and this is really an opportunity for us to bring our members together uh, with with buyers and suppliers, um, a kind of mini W travel uh, travel market actually, but specifically focused on Latin America. Uh, it is the biggest and uh, the most prominent in the in Europe, um, and every year it's been growing. So. Um, so we're looking at this year, 2018 being being the, mo- the, the best attended uh, and the, the, the biggest uh, in terms of, 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 the, of the year. Uh, so that's really our kind of key event. However, on top of that, we hold numerous events throughout the year, networking events for our members where we try to add value. So, for example, we have a, a kind of PR masterclass where we bring in key journalists um, who are able to then talk to our members about, well, listen, if you want to get my attention, this is how you should approach me. 
which I think is brilliant because as a as a maybe as a small company or a or a large tour op, it's always good to know how to get the best exposure um, and the, and how to do that. Uh, we also hold a, a major event at the House of Commons every year. Uh, we invite our members and we we're able to kind of really promote Latin America and its needs to to those decision making uh, powers to be. Um, and that's been something that we've been doing for a number of years and that, that will continue. Um, so they're all uh, exciting things. I think our website uh, as well is something that we want to continue to push. Uh, it's, a good, it's a great trade portal for our members. So you better give the, uh, the website out then? So the, the website is lata.travel. Um, so please you know, go and search for it and uh, it'll tell you all the information you need to know about our members and about the about the wonderful region of Latin America. Brilliant. Um, okay, so what, one of the other things I wanted to ask was about what developments you see happening over, over the coming 12 months in terms of tourism in the region? We're, we're very optimistic about, about 2018 and onwards. Um, the, 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 the interest in, in the region is really strong and, and we've got some t- statistics to, to back that up as well. So, you know, in 2016 there was over 200,000 people uh, that visited uh, Brazil from the UK, uh, which was really uh, interesting and pleasing to see. Um, again, visitors to Chile, another key region in, 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 in Latin America, was up uh, 26% in 2016. Um, and uh, the UK-specific visits were up 11% on, on 2016. Um, so we, we can see this, uh, this trend of, of increasing uh, passenger numbers from the UK to Latin America. Uh, another destination that's performing really well is Colombia. Um, in Colombia, we've seen over 11.5% increase uh, over the previous year, uh, with visitors numbers from UK up 14%. Very good. So you know, there's a there's a trend here around growth um, and uh, an, an increase in, in, in passenger numbers to Latin America. Um, so not in every destination, but in, in the majority of those Latin American cities, we're seeing a, a definite increase in, in travel. Okay, well, um, positive stuff there. I can't resist, though, getting a final question uh, for my own personal uh, travel interest in here, uh, because I'm actually genuinely planning on going to Machu Picchu next year. Okay. It's something that's been on the bucket list for a long, long time. Um, any tips? Um, book early. Yeah, right, okay. get in there early. I mean, it's, um, it's, 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 it's one of the most visited uh, sites in Latin America. Doesn't surprise me. Um, book early. Um, go with a, a registered tour operator to look after your needs. They can, there's only there's li- there's limited amount of um, passes that they that they give out for for Machu Picchu. Oh, so really? okay. you, you want to be sure that you get in there and get one of those, otherwise you, you may be disappointed. And do I need to get fit for the um, uh, I, I think for the fitness trek. fitness is definitely a, a benefit, absolutely. Um, there is actually a, a train that you can catch, but I wouldn't recommend that. No, you no. got to walk. You've you got, got to do to, it properly, haven't you? You've got to do it the real way, absolutely. Excellent. So good luck with that. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Colin Stewart, uh, um, good luck again in the new role and uh, thanks for speaking to us on the podcast today. My pleasure, thank you. It's harder than ever to keep track of everything being said in news and social media. It's even more difficult to gain actionable insights that will improve your reputation and results. Karma provides global media intelligence services to help you communicate more effectively. From automated media monitoring to expertly crafted PR measurement reports, Karma delivers what matters. For more information or to schedule a free consultation, please visit karma.com. That's C-A-R-M-A. 
And so we come to our final interview here today, and uh, what a great way to finish, because the Channel Island of Guernsey has got a very exciting story to tell, um, and here to tell us more about it is Wendy uh, Pedda. Uh, Wendy is Visit Guernsey's marketing manager, so welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, now, legendary film director Mike Newell, um, whose credits include the likes of Mona Lisa Smile, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, uh, Donnie Brasco, and of course, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and I'm saying this like I actually know it, but I, I must admit, I did look this bit up. Um, but he's uh, got a new film being released next year uh, and he's directed uh, the film adaption of the novel The Guernsey Literary and Potato Pill Pie Society and that stars Downton Abbey's Lily James. Now there's a ready-made PR hook uh, for you if ever I've seen one um, but let's start. Can you tell us a little bit about the film first? Yeah, as you say it's based on the book and it's about life during the occupation in Guernsey. It's quite a unique setting because you know the Guernsey and the Channel Islands were the only port call occupied by the Germans. Right, and so what's your plans for, for when it's released, which I believe is in April uh, 2018? Well, it does give us a chance to promote to different audiences and through different channels. So we've got many plans, both off-island and on-island. On-island, we're working with hoteliers and restaurants to theme menus and dress. Um, we have museum visits, we have tours based on the, the places mentioned in the book. So our local guides are working to create those packages as well. And we're working with our trade partners, the so tour operators off-island and, and carriers to promote themed packages to the islands. Right, okay. Um, and out of interest, what impact does a, a film that, that's based around a specific location have to a destination like yourselves? Because I'm a, I'm a huge film fan myself and I love to go and visit the locations you know, where, where films have been set or, or based on. Well, based on information we've got from other destinations, we, we were reckoning on a bit a 6 to 9% increase over the next two years, which is quite phenomenal for yeah. us and, and, like you say, a, a gift. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, um, on to more formal matters. Um, you've just released your third quarter numbers for 2017 um, and they've... Uh, shown some pretty healthy growth. Do you want to just talk us through some of the headlines? Yeah, the overall visitor increase was 6.4%, but the really important stat for us is the staying leisure visitor stat, which is 9.7%, because that gives the biggest lift to the on-island economy, because that means they're staying in our hotels and eating in our restaurants. Right. So that was quite huge. And what's really interesting is the fifth quarter that we've seen a growth in staying leisure visitors. So it's, it is a trend. Which is and, great. Okay, and sort of plans for for 2018. What? What's well, again, with with the with the movie coming out, we've based our heritage festival on life during the occupation, and there's a lot of events which mix and match with with the book uh, and the movie. But we've got that runs from the third of March to the tenth of May. Um, there's events every single day, um, whether it be a museum tour or a walking tour put together by the guides or you know a food event it's all themed on on the life in during the occupation but which quite good as well following on after the 10th we've got our literary festival oh right okay. and again Paula Mazur and the scriptwriter of the the movie are hoping to come over to Guernsey to talk at the literary festival um, which yeah would be quite exciting for the for the literary festival guys and is there anything you can tell us about the uh, cruise market at all yeah, we continue to work on it. It's a very important strategic development for us. Um, over the last few years, we've seen growth. Um, for 2018, we've already got 124 ships that are booked in, which is phenomenal. And looking forward to 2019, which is way off, but the cruise market work, work a long way forward. Uh, 2019 is proving over 88 ships already booked in. We've completed and continue to work on our infrastructure and our, our Guernsey Welcome, which has gone very down, down very well with the, with the lines. 
Great. And so if, if um, someone was coming to visit Guernsey, um, say for the festival that you mentioned earlier or to see some of the places referenced that you know, we were talking about in the film, here's your chance to share what other delights they can, they can experience. We really do believe that we're a great destination for walking. We've got two walking festivals uh, next year, spring and autumn. Our food is quite a phenomenal because we're surrounded by sea. The seafood's brilliant. But also in the last year, we've seen a real rise in our contemporary restaurants and artists and food producers. So we now produce our own gin and we produce a lot of craft beers. So we feel that the general ambience and the wellness factor that, again, we, we promote. So it's the general... Um, wellness that you can go walking in clean air and dark skies and actually generally recharge your batteries um, is key for us. We're also um, a bailiwick so we've got other islands so island hopping for us is key so we've got little Herm and Sark that you know visitors can go for day trips to it's a truly island hopping experience. And so if anyone wants to find out more information where do they go? Uh, Visit Guernsey.com tremendous uh, Wendy Pedder uh, looking forward to seeing the film next year and uh, best of luck with all the activities surrounding it thank you so that's it for the world travel market for this year um, I want to thank Lotus for helping arrange our interviews today and to our technology partners Tint for their support um, and if you're not aware of Tint uh, they help brands humanize their marketing to build trust and increase conversions along every step of the customer journey and they achieve that by leveraging authentic customer content over 5,000 brands in 172 countries rely on Tint to collect and curate their best customer content uh, shared on social media and display them on the homepage of their websites mobile apps digital screens email newsletters social apps and loads more and you can find out more about their technology by simply visiting tintup.com as for the c-suite podcast you can listen to all previous shows at our website which is c-suitepodcast.com plus you can subscribe to the series on soundcloud itunes TuneIn, and stitcher and links to all those are at the top of the website too and if you're an itunes subscriber then please do give us a positive rating and review uh, because that helps us up the business charts you can also join in the discussion around the show on our facebook and twitter groups which are also linked from the site and if you want to get involved in the series in any way then uh, you can get in touch via the contact form or you can reach me on Twitter using at Russ Goldsmith. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.